Our world is becoming ever more interconnected as communities become more diverse and the internet allows us to discover more about the world around us. When we seek to learn and understand the differences between our culture and others, we can develop an appreciation and love for them. As we teach our children about new countries and cultures from around the globe, we are also teaching them to have compassion, respect, and empathy. Hi, I'm your host, Jade Jones, mom to four children who I want to be compassionate world explorers. Join me as we discuss cultural awareness and world diversity and learn how families families teach their children to explore and embrace the world, its people, and their differences with a compassionate heart and open mind. Do you know someone who you think would be a great guest on the podcast? Send me an email at jonesandfortaste.com or DM me on Instagram. We're always looking for new guests to share about their culture and countries around the world. Hi, everyone. I wanted to take this week to, it was a bit of a reflection week for my family. This week is the one-year mark for us since we left the United States and moved to the Netherlands. It's been incredible to look back over this year and realize how much we've experienced, endured, and grown. I wanted to share with you some of the things that I am grateful to have learned in this first year abroad that I know I would not have been able to learn otherwise. Some of these experiences have helped develop my empathy for the plight of others. Other experiences have shown me how very similar we truly all are. Most of all, these experiences have shown me how much richer my life is by getting to know people who have lived very different lives from me and my family. So as we head into the holiday season, I thought it would be a great place to share with you some of these reflections and share them with you. So the first one is that moving to a new place without speaking the language is scary and incredibly overwhelming. So we had four months between the time that we found out we were moving to the Netherlands and actually arriving in country. So we did like a crash course to learn as much Dutch as we could. And I knew it wasn't going to be enough, but uh, according to a study done by the organization English First, the Netherlands has the highest English proficiency of any non-native English-speaking country in the world. So we were really hopeful that this high English proficiency would help us in our transition period, and it would give us some leeway as we progress in our language skills. Once we arrived, however, I quickly realized how woefully unprepared I was. In all of our preparation, it didn't really occur to me that although more than three quarters of the population here speak English, that almost everything I would encounter would be written in Dutch. So things like filling out paperwork for housing, schools for my children, going shopping, reading a map, making appointments. You can see where I'm going with all this. Were super long processes because I had to Google Translate everything. And even then there were times where I had to ask friends for help. I was like texting pictures because Google Translate didn't always help me. It's a great tool, but it it doesn't solve actually being able to speak the language. I remember even trying to, (laughs) I had bought like a box mix of like a a meal kit at the grocery store and then flipping it over and realizing that I was going to have to Google translate the directions on how to cook this because I wasn't sure what went where. And even that was incredibly overwhelming for somebody who's just starting out and doesn't understand the language. So now I can much better empathize with immigrants and refugees who arrive in a new country. 
I listened to a podcast on the 3 and 30 podcast that they did about refugees. And it was interesting listening to it. And they talked about how one of the things that refugees need the most help with is just navigating the day-to-day life of, you know, like I talked about, enrolling your kids in school or making an appointment, trying to navigate government work, you know, for filling out paperwork. And that that can be really hard if you don't speak the language. And that was something that as I was listening, I was like, I identify with this. I'm not a refugee. I'm somebody who has willingly moved abroad. And, you know, this isn't our new home country. It's just a place that we are currently living. But I could identify with how the difficulty of navigating bureaucracy is and all of the little things that are required to set up a new life for a family and how incredibly overwhelming that was. I know that I could not have made it through those first few months without friends who took me shopping and showed me how things work here, explained what the products were, where to find certain supplies because we had to outfit an entire new home. And there were times that, you know, they would translate for me or even as we're, you know, at church or out and about where, you know, at a park or something that they would you know, translate for me, or if I felt like I didn't understand something that had occurred or got lost a little bit in the conversation that they could fill me in on what I missed or what I didn't understand. We were blessed to have new friends who invited us into their homes for the holidays uh, and also on excursions with their families. They were a much needed lifeline during a period when I felt like I wasn't going to make it and where I felt really lost in a, in a new place. As we've interacted with people from all over the world through my husband's MBA program, my children's school and at church, I've also learned some important practices to use when speaking in someone else's second language. Things that I appreciate when people do for me when they're speaking in Dutch. So here are a few things that I've learned that can help and that hopefully you can keep in mind if you are talking to someone in English, if that is their second language, or things that you can even ask people to do for you as you are trying to learn a second language or speak in somebody in somebody else's native tongue, but your second language. So at speaking slower makes it easier to follow along, to hear the words spoken, and allows time to do the translations in your head. That all it takes time and it takes practice. Along with this is not assuming because someone is communicating well so far that you can start speaking faster and in more complex sentences. You have to get to know a person and a feeling for their skill level before you start speaking faster. So this is something that's good to keep in mind when you know you're interacting with a new group especially if you know they are non-native speakers in whatever language it is you're speaking in. I can generally do well following along with a conversation in Dutch until it speeds up and then I get lost. I get stuck trying to figure out what they were talking about two sentences back and then I am completely lost trying to get caught up. Or there are the times where I do manage to successfully use my limited Dutch and I'm feeling really good about it. And then the person I'm speaking to assumes my skills are well beyond what they actually are. And then I am quickly humbled and remember why I rarely use my Dutch unless I'm in a situation where I know my skills are sufficient. When I'm at the grocery store, I'm good. But when I go to the doctor, I am immediately overwhelmed because those are a lot of vocabulary that I am not familiar with. 
along with that is using simpler language and phrases and especially avoiding idioms. If you don't know what idioms are, they are those phrases whose meanings can't be understood from the words themselves. Phrases like, I'm over the moon or speak of the devil. When you look at those literally, they don't make any sense but they obviously have meaning behind them. My Dutch skills personally are about the same level as that of a toddler. At one year in, especially with the pandemic limiting my interactions, I follow along with Mickey Mouse Clubhouse really, really well. Anything too far beyond that level, I'm not so good with. So using simpler language and phrases, keeping sentences shorter is really helpful when you're talking to someone who is learning the language. Looking at the person you are speaking to and clearly enunciating. Now, you don't need to over-exaggerate enunciations, but by looking at the person and enunciating, it is easier to hear and discern what is said and allow for lip-reading to kind of help fill in the gaps where hearing is missed. When I was talking with my husband about this, it made me think about how many times do we get frustrated with like a family member or a friend for talking to us just out of seeing or hearing range. I know I do this often often with my children, like when they're talking to me from the other side of a room and there's maybe some noise going on or they're talking to me from another room and I'll ask them to come look at me and talk to me so that I can hear them. Now, imagine going through that with somebody who is speaking your second language. It's already hard. It's already frustrating. So having that face-to-face and being able to see, see it as well as hear it is really helpful that this experience this year has really helped me to understand how valuable speaking a second language is and how much I could someday bless someone else who was overwhelmed in a new place. I wish that I had been more dedicated in my Spanish studies in middle and high school. I didn't really see a lot of value in it at the time, but now I realize that there were so many parents at my children's last elementary school in the United States who spoke Spanish as their first language. There were times where talking with them was sometimes like we would get lost and muddled. And I realized that communicating with them in Spanish would have helped overcome some of the miscommunications or confusions that come with speaking in your second language. Plus, I could have made some new friends. I missed out on that opportunity. So our family is now committed to learning a more widely spoken language as a family so we can be of assistance someday to someone else. Sorry, Dutch listeners and Dutch friends. Dutch is not super widely spoken. We will work on our Dutch, but we're going to work on something else as well. If you were listening and you are feeling like this is something you would like to do, last week's episode, I talked with my friend Adelaide from TalkBox.mom about learning a second language as a family. She has an incredible company which helps families learn a second language in a really natural way. I'll be sharing some of her program in my Instagram stories so you can make sure you're following me there. But I also encourage you to go back and listen to her episode if you missed it to hear about some of the blessings that have come to her family from working to speak. For her family now, they're on like third, fourth, fifth languages. But I know that their real blessings can come from learning to speak a second language. The second thing that I learned was that some experiences are universal. We've been blessed to interact with other expats from all over in addition to our Dutch friends. My older children attended a special school for non-Dutch speakers. There were other families there who were from Asia, the Middle East, Africa, and other parts of Europe. 
as we got to know these families and we shared our frustrations and struggles, I realized how often we were experiencing the same thing. There were the struggles with our children, some big, some small, worries over how to help them navigate their own feelings, the overwhelm of living in a new place, and fears of not making friends. There were challenges with children who are picky eaters, totally up my alley, or how to limit the fighting and arguing between siblings. That happens in every family. There were concerns over too much technology use, and then how to teach our children better decision-making skills. The troubles that I was experiencing in my family as raising children were not unique. Sometimes we discuss the challenges of navigating our extended families or the hilarious missteps that come as a married couple. I also learned that you can always tell when a child is whining, no matter what language they're doing it in. It always sounds the same. In my interviews with other expats for this podcast, I've also seen the similarities they have shared in the challenges and benefits they have experienced. It seems that no matter where you live in the world or where you come from, it is hard to be far from the support system of family and friends. And yet, They have all shared how good it has been for them and their children to learn resiliency and compassion. They have realized how much they are capable of because they've had to do it on their own. Relationships thrive when we find these common feelings and experiences. It has been confirmed even more for me that these shared experiences can be found with people no matter where you are in the world and no matter where in the world that they are from. The third thing that we learned is that children are incredibly resilient. We worried, especially right after we moved here, that we might be inflicting lasting trauma to our children. It was scary for them and it was overwhelming just as much for me as it was for them. Although the challenges of third culture kids, which I talked about in episode one, third culture kids are children who are growing up outside of their home culture, can be lasting, and there are very real concerns. We've also found that our children are much stronger than we realized. We were amazed at how fast they learned Dutch and how much confidence they gained as they learned new skills like navigating public transit, getting themselves to and from school. My children have begun to translate for us, and we now ask them for help with pronunciation and how to say certain things, what words are, and they have developed a lot of pride in becoming the teachers instead of the students as they have helped us become more proficient in Dutch. For our family, our previous experiences of moving frequently meant that our children were better prepared for an even more difficult move abroad. I've recognized that not everyone has those experiences to build upon, but I also know from past experience that we can model for and support our children to have courage and be brave in new and uncertain situations. Throwing our children into new situations can often cause short-term emotional distress or discomfort, but it can also enable them to grow. So I hope that you can seek ways to push your children to interact in new social circles with people that they may not think they have much in common with, and to also encourage them as children and yourself as a family to seek out new experiences and new people that do make you feel uncomfortable. Although moving to another country has not been without its challenges, we have personally experienced so much growth as individuals, as a family, and expanded understanding because of it. I am grateful for this opportunity to get to know more people and to develop more empathy and love. These experiences will help me to be a better community member and a better advocate for those who need one. So 
one of the last things I'd like to say is that being abroad has also really shown me how much love I have for my own culture and that I really wanted to embrace that and hold on to that. And that was a huge catalyst for this podcast was to learn about other cultures because as I learn about other cultures, I understand more about my own culture and more about like being able to see more clearly what what is important to me and to my family. And so those are things that we have learned in our first year abroad. We do hope to continue to stay abroad, not always here. We would love to move around and experience new places around the world. And I know that these lessons that we learned on our first year will help us as we go forward and that there will be more lessons to learn in the future. If you love this episode, I would really appreciate it if you would let me know and let me know anything you would like to see in future episodes. So like I said at the beginning, you can email me or find me at Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode in this podcast, please take a minute to leave a review or screenshot your podcast player and share with a friend or on social media. Make sure to tag me on Instagram stories at Johnson for Taste. Don't miss out on an episode by subscribing to the podcast and signing up for my free introductory guide to teaching kids about other cultures. You can sign up for email reminders, get the guide, and find the show notes by visiting my website, jonesonfortaste.com. Happy exploring!